0: You're listening to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast, where we aim to simplify online business so you can make more money. Now, here's your host, Derek Gale. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast. This is your host, Derek Gale. And today's episode is going to be talking about the top 10 tips for writing emails that are going to make you money. And, uh, you know, one of the things I just want to clarify this podcast episode is about the mechanics of putting together a good marketing email. So this is not about the what to put in the email, rather about how to put it in the email. And, uh, you know, I'll probably cover the what in another podcast. But uh, this is the how, how to structure it, how to lay it out, how to get the best response, and some key tips around that. And uh, this is based on Uh, you know, over, I've probably written over a 1000 emails over the past 15 years uh, in the world of internet marketing in numerous different niches. And I've tested so much. And these are these are my email marketing truths, if you will, you know, for the most part, if you do these, you're going to get a better result. Is there always an exception to the rule? Yes, absolutely. But if you do this you're going to get a good result and again i'm not telling you what to write in your email rather this is how you present it and also keep in mind what we're talking about here applies to marketing emails you know what you do with your newsletter stuff like that can be very different um This is for emails that, you know, if somebody opted in and the immediate follow-ups, the funnels, the broadcasts that you're sending out to your list to build relationships for launches, stuff like that. So marketing emails. All right, so let's dive in here. Top 10 tips. Tip number one, keep your subject line short. Now, my general rule of thumb is 50 characters or less, but shorter is better. The fact is, is all the tests are showing that in many cases, a one-word email is like super outperforming uh, anything that is longer than that. You know, some of the best subject lines that I've been seeing are things like one word, hey. And now, of course, you can only use the subject line, hey, <laughs> so many times before people are going to catch on to it. But those short subject lines are very, very powerful. And so uh, 50 characters are less and less is better. But you know, one of the reasons for that is if you go over that in many email clients, it's going to cut off and they're not even going to be able to see the whole thing. So what you want to have is two, three, four words, five that just boom, hit the point home, you know, whether it be curiosity, urgency, all the elements that go into a good subject line, um, keep it short. And and again, I could do a whole podcast on how to write a good subject line, what are good subject lines. And uh, again, that'll probably be another podcast episode. I've actually had some requests for that. So uh, I'll probably put that one together. But I want to leave it with this today. Keep it short. Shorter is better. Now, tip number two, when somebody opens the email, the subject line grabbed their attention. There was something in that subject line that made them go, huh, I want to open this email. And if they open the email because of something in the subject line, but the message in this, in the actual email itself is not actually congruent with the subject line, you're going to lose people. All right. So that's all good and well if you write a subject line that gets, you know, 50, 80, 90% of the people to open it. But if it's not congruent with the message that's inside, you're just going to lose people. And if it's extreme enough, you're going to piss people off as well, right? Because they're going to feel like you fooled them with the subject line. So make sure to drill down a little further, this congruency between the subject line and the first paragraph. So what I like to do is I'll write a subject line and then my first paragraph. Sometimes it's just literally restating the subject line or expanding on the subject line, but I'm addressing the subject line or whatever the content of the subject line was because there's congruency in that and there's continuity so that when they open it, they go, ah, that grabs their attention. They read, you know, hi, first name or whatever. And then it immediately continues on the theme that caught their attention in the first place. So always ask yourself when you write the subject line, is there congruency in that first paragraph? Now, tip number three, personalize the email as much personalization as you can have. And so, I mean, what is basic personalization? Hi, first name. That's all good and well, right? But what else do you know about people that you can leverage either through merge, you know, mail merge technology that you get in all of your systems, whether it be AWeber or GetResponse or MailChimp or Infusionsoft or Entreport? They all do it. What information do you have that you can leverage in there? Maybe it's a level that they're at in whatever it is you're maybe teaching them or something based on their last purchase or where they live or whatever that is utilize that to capture their attention at a higher level so what's the basic personalization absolutely high first name um, and then wherever else you can use it now there are some Oh, let me see how do I put this there are some times that you're gonna break this rule now first of all if you have a big database and if you scan through that database and you see that a lot of people have entered their first name either in all lowercase or they've entered crap in their, you know, just filler text and haven't entered their first name, you want to really think hard about merging in the first name because that looks terrible when you send out an email that says, hi, hi. And it's in either all lowercase or it says hi, and it's just their initial or something like that. That doesn't look personal. That immediately looks artificial. So uh, just as a side note, if you're going to personalize using the first name, have a scan through your database one day and see how consistent the formatting is. And then it's worth having somebody go in there and clean them up. So if there isn't a first name or if it's just an initial, just pull it out, leave it blank so that nothing merges in. It just says hi. Or if it's all lowercase, make it proper, you know, first letter upper. 4K, stuff like that. And so that cleans it up. Because if you merge something in that's just garbage, then it obviously is going to look like garbage. Now, the other uh, point of personalization where there is split opinions is in the subject line. And you'll read some studies that say having first name in the subject line is great. Then you'll hear other people say, well, I tested it and having first name in the subject line didn't work out. Now, Again, every market's different and you do need to test this. But, you know, after I put some thought into this, I used to use my use a first name in the subject line all the time. But one of the questions I always ask myself when I'm crafting a message and laying it out and formatting it is, how can I format this to look like it's really a message somebody sat down at their e- computer and sent to me personally? And, you know, as I scanned through my inbox, I realized... Anybody who emails me, nobody ever puts my name in the subject line of an email. Like, honestly, think about it. When was the last time you put someone's first name in the subject line of an email address or uh, of an email you're sending to just a general person? Probably never. Um, so again, having a first name in the subject line is almost a little suspicious because nobody ever writes it that way. Now, I'm arguing both sides of this because I've seen people test. I've, t- I, and, 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 and I've tested in the past as well. Uh, but again, what works for yours versus others? This is one that I would suggest testing whether you're going to put a first name in the subject line or not. But bottom line is, is tip number three is personalize your emails as much as you can. If you know where they're from, great. Utilize that somehow. Go beyond first name. Which brings us to step number four, tip number four. And I've been kind of alluding to this already, but let's just, you know, break it down to it is what it is simple, uh, simple formatting, make it look like an email from a friend. Now, here's the here's the reality when somebody sends you an email, whether it's, you know, somebody from business or personal or whatever, they don't do fancy layouts, they don't have fancy formatting, they're not merging in logos and stuff like that at the top. You know, some people have that stuff in their uh, signature, that's fine automatically. But keep all of that to a minimum. I want my emails to look like I just sat down and wrote it to, for somebody. And so they feel like they're getting an email from me, not some canned crap that's gone out to tens of thousands of other people. So avoid the, the fancy formatting, avoid fancy layouts and graphics and stuff like that. And, and, even rich text formatting, bold, italics, stuff like that. Now, you can use that sparingly. But again, I, I like my emails to, to look like a basic text email that I'd be sending. And my testing, in most cases, that's going to get a better response in a marketing email than having a really fancy branded layout. Okay, so tip number four. Make it just look like an email from a friend. Very, very uh, simple. And here's the good news. It's easier to create that kind of email than it is to create a whole big fancy layout. And again, what you do for a newsletter may be totally different. You may have graphics. You may have branding. That's okay. We're talking about emails that you want people to open and click, okay? Because you want them to feel like you're speaking to them, that's going to get you a better result. Which brings us to tip number five, make it scannable. Now, here's there's a few sub-elements under this. The fact is, is when somebody opens an email and it looks really long with big, long paragraphs and really long lines all the way across the screen and they can't even see where it ends because they can see there's a scroll bar you're going to lose people. Even if they open it and think, hey, you know what, I I I want to read this, I'll read it later, but it looks too long right now. I'll, I'll come back when I have more time. And they close the email and then they get more email and it moves further and further down the inbox and they never, ever read it, okay? So you want to make it easy to read, make it scannable so they can scan it and pick out the key points. So a couple of ways to do that, First of all, make sure your line lengths are short, okay? So a lot of time people send out emails and there's no actual hard returns or line breaks or they haven't controlled the length of the lines. So if I have a high resolution screen, one line can go on and on and on and on. You don't want that, okay? You want to format it either using hard returns, which I'm not a big fan of, or using tables in your email marketing client to make your email line lengths 55 characters or or less maybe 60 at the max and at first you might think wow that looks really really short but what that does is it makes it look and feel easy to read they're not big long lines they're easy to scan and for the human eye to take it all in Now, the other trick here is to not have long paragraphs. So we got short line lengths, but then you don't want to have a 10 line paragraph. So, you want my general rule is I will never have a paragraph in an email that's over five lines, and that's even pushing it. Three or four is kind of the max. And so, keeping that nice and short, so we have short line lengths and short paragraphs, and then varying the lengths of the paragraph. So, you might have four lines, then a one liner, then three lines. So, it's very, very choppy. It's easy to scan, it's easy to break out key points. Now, for all the English teachers listening, this will go totally against your grain because you know what you're going to throw uh kind of the grammatical rules and paragraph structures and all that stuff out the window but this will get you a better result if you look at the top email marketers right now this is how they format period okay so make it scannable that's number five tip number six make it look short so In an ideal world, if somebody can open the email when they actually open it up, if they can see the end of it, they're more likely to read it. If there's a big scroll bar there, that's going to, that typically pushes people to, that. you're going to have a higher amount of people that close the email and say, I'll come read it later because it looks too long to read. The fact is, is you want to make it look as short as possible because when they can see the end of it, they immediately know in their mind how long it's going to take them to read because they can see the end of it. It doesn't look too long. So they're more likely to read it, consume it at that point rather than close it to come back to it later, which they never do. So make it look short. And the ideal way to do that is when you open it up in the email client, can you see the end of it? And, you know, depending on the screen, that may not be a lot to work with, and you may not be able to do that every time. But you also don't want to have a big scroll bar where they can see it's three or four pages. So keep it short. Make it look short, all right? That's tip number six. Tip number seven, don't sell in the email. The goal of an email is to generate interest, from the right target put customer, and to get them to click through to a website. And then it's the website's job to sell. The fact is, is if you start selling in the email, introducing features and benefits and letting them know that they're going to be sold something... They're going to potentially make a buying decision based on the information that's in the email, when in reality, there's not enough information in an email to make a proper buying decision. So, don't sell in the email. Your email has one purpose. That is, when they're scanning their inbox to grab their attention with a subject line to get them to open the email. And then to intrigue them enough, to engage them enough, to get them to take one action. And that's not to buy anything. That is to click a link to go to your website. Then your website does the job of selling the product. So don't sell in the email. Don't sell your product in the email. You're going to sell them on taking action and clicking the link. By letting them know there's something that they need to see there, something that's going to offer them massive value in their life, in their health, in their wealth, or whatever that may be. It's going to solve some kind of a problem for them. The solution is just one click away, but you're not actually selling. All right. So again, don't sell in the email, which brings us to number eight, which is have a single clear call to action in your email you want them to do one thing one thing only click a link to go to a web page once they're on that web page the web page has a whole bunch of additional things that you can use to take them through a sales process an email is very very limited so you don't want to ask them to do too much you want to make it very simple one call to action click here go to this url you might have that same call to action twice maybe even three times in the email, but you're not going to have different calls to action. No click here, do this, click here, do that. One single call to action. Which brings us to number nine. And this this is a bit of a pet, pet peeve of mine. When I get an email and I open it up and it appears to be written from somebody but when you look at the signature it's from a brand or it's from a company and I see this in small businesses as well as big businesses and the fact is is people want to do business people people want to engage with people and everybody knows a brand can't send an email a person has sent an email so my point here is give your email a voice and a personality it needs to be from someone not something. Even if you don't want to be that face and voice, you need somebody that will be that face and voice. Because if there's one thing I know to be true about the human race is they want to do business with people. They don't want to do business with cold brands, okay? Um, Particularly at that level, particularly when it comes to email so make sure you have a your emails coming from a real person and make sure that it's coming from that same person all the time because over time they're going to eventually build a relationship with that person so if you're changing it up between different people within the organization they might start to get to know bob but then when they get a uh, an email from from sally well who's sally right? I've been getting all these emails from Bob. So build a consistent, clear voice and personality that you use across all of your emails. Which brings us to the last and final uh, tip, and that is test, test, and test. You know, I'm, I'm always shocked at how often people will just put an email together, blast it out with no thought, no testing, period. So when you have a really small list, if you have 100 people on your list, it gets very difficult to test, okay? But once you have even a few thousand people on your list, before you send out your main campaign, create a couple lists of you know, 200 and 200, test a couple different subject lines, test a couple different approaches, see which one works the best, and then roll that out to the rest because... If subject line A gets a 30% higher open rate than subject line B, if you just rolled out subject line B to everybody, you could, be, you could be losing 30%. So take the time to test. All the good email marketing systems from Infusionsoft, Aweber, GetResponse, they all offer the ability to split test and to track. So take advantage of that. Don't just guess. Every niche is a little different. How you can talk to them, how you engage with them. A lot of the tips I've shared with you will prove to be true across the majority of these. But again, you need to test in your specific market what's working well. Never assume. Okay, Because there's always exceptions to these rules. What I've given you today is 10 things that are going to, if you're not doing them, apply them. I'm pretty sure you're going to see a better result. And if you're just getting into email marketing, use this as your foundation and then test against these things things that I've taught you as your control going down the road. So let's just reiterate that. Uh, our top 10 tips. First of all, we're going to keep our subject line short. That's tip number one, 50 characters or less. Number two, make sure there's congruency between your subject line and your email, specifically if your uh, first paragraph. Tip number three, personalize the email. Go beyond first name if you can. The more personalized it is with personal information about them, the better result you're going to get. Tip number four, keep the formatting simple. Make it look like it was an email from a friend. Stay away from fancy layouts and images and graphics and stuff like that. When you sign up for your GetResponse or Aweber, they'll give you all these pretty templates. But the fact is, when you're sending a marketing email, you want to make it look like a personal email they got from their buddy, their friend, their family member. That's going to get you the best response, which brings us to tip number five. Make it scannable. Remember, short line lengths, short paragraphs, varying the lengths of paragraphs. Make it scannable. Tip number six, make the email itself look short. If it's multiple pages, there's a good chance they're not going to read it. Tip number seven, don't sell in the email. You don't have enough time to sell in the email. The website is going to do the selling for you. Your email has one goal, get them to open the email, get them to click to go to the website, boom, that's it. Don't sell the product in the email. Tip number eight, have a single clear call to action. Don't ask them to do multiple things. One thing, go to this website, then the website will take it from there. Tip number nine, give it a voice. Give your, give your emails a personality. It needs to be from someone, not something. And tip number 10, test, 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 and test some more. Don't assume. What works in one business may work in yours, but a slight variation could get you a heck of a lot better result. And the only way to know is to test that. And, you know, I'm going to throw one bonus tip on here. Let's call this bonus tip, tip number 11, keep a swipe file. You know, one of the things I like to do is, you know, when I'm checking my email, if I find myself attracted to an email, like a subject line grabs my attention, and I read it, and you know, it made me click through, I kind of have this, this, this mental recorder that says, Hey, that was a good email. And I like to grab them and I'll just take the subject line or even the whole email and I'll put it in a swipe file. So maybe you have a Word document. I personally use Evernote where I keep copies of emails I like. And then in the future, when I'm trying to come up with ideas for subject lines or for emails, I'll reference those and pull ideas out of there for subject lines, for, uh, for different formulas, for different, different ideas. And so, you know, like any copywriter has a swipe file, keep that for your email marketing as well. So. There you go. 10 tips you can take away. Start applying to your emails, assuming you're using email. If you're not using email, I don't know why you're not using email. You should be using email. It's, you know, by far one of the most valuable marketing tools in your internet market toolkit. And now you have some more tips and strategies to make those work. So once again, if you enjoy this podcast, uh, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes. And uh, if you're an Android user, you can find us on SoundCloud as well. Or if you use SoundCloud on on iOS, check us out there as well. Uh, As per usual, the podcast will also be posted on entrepreneurignited.com forward slash podcast, where you will find a complete transcript along with show notes and any links to any of the tools or resources I mentioned in there. So once again, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Entrepreneur Ignited podcast, and we will see you in the next episode. You're listening to the Entrepreneur Ignited podcast where we aim to simplify online business so you can make more money.